also we've been expanded into like 12 new countries that i don't know international superstars yeah that's what we are (laughs) i'm I'm telling y'all they they read that article that the that texas accents the sexiest and they're like oh we know where to find that (laughs) 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 says says the texan with the least texas accent ever texan cackles (laughs) Let's yeah. Well, tonight's the night. Prove it. <laughs> the finale. Are we all going to be talking as sexy shit. as we can into our mics? Hello, I'm Rachel. Hello. Hello there. I, I can't. I, can't. I don't do know that. how. I don't possess uh, look, that ab- skill. After that rain in Malta cover. Hello, <laughs> this is Elena. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Buckkeep Radio. We're coming to you from inside the walls. This is episode 33, Mad Ship, chapters 36 through the epilogue, and I'm Rachel, a rereader. I'm Alyssa, a rereader. I'm Jenny, and I'm a new reader. I'm Eli, and I'm a new reader. I'm Elena, I'm a new reader. And I'm Ashley, and I'm a new reader. Okay, uh, we've reached the end of Madship. It's going to be great. I don't have any corrections, omissions, or announcements except to say thank you to all of our listeners who've reached out over the last week on social media. Uh, it's really awesome of you, and I am so happy every single time I get a DM or a tag or an email. It's great. Thank you. Yes, it's very cool. We appreciate it. Yes. Also, I bought those teas that you sent the link for today, or... Oh, from Adagio? Yeah, I bought a whole... I don't drink caffeine, and they only had, like, three that were totally decaf, but then they had some that were, like, low caffeine, so I got... I think I bought, like, six different flavors of them, but they all sounded really yummy, so Mm. I'm kind of pumped about it. They have a patience... They had one for, like, multiple... different characters? Yeah, they had a ton of characters. There's, like, 19 of them in all, I want to say. Wow. Yeah, so there's a lot to go around. Yeah, I saw someone on Instagram had posted a picture of their collection. I just like the tins. Is Brash and Sendin flavored? (laughs) (laughs) No, but they have one for shade that I was like, ooh, does it just have a touch of meth in it? But it was like (laughs) very highly caffeinated, so I didn't get it. Which makes sense sense because it's got a lot of pep in his step, that one. Yeah. Like the the kerosene version? (laughs) Yeah. I assume there's a little of that in the Fitz one as well. <laughs> Fitz's is just dirt. <laughs> <laughs> Some dog hair. No, the Fitz Chivalry one is the only one that I got that it's actually really caffeinated, but it just sounded super yummy. So I was like, you know what? I have people come to my house who do drink caffeine. So I went ahead and got that. But You're going to be like, I have some tea for you. It's called Fitz Chivalry tea. Yeah, they do. So it's like $5 <laughs> for the sample tin, and that gives you five servings. So... Oh. It's, I mean, pretty reasonably priced considering it comes in a little tin and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just like that you that it's you described it as yummy because as we know, Fitz <laughs> is canonically yummy. <laughs> <laughs> to all Best thing out of the stable since Birch. <laughs> 
Anyone who says he's not hot didn't read. Okay, so who's up first with chapter 36? That is me. All right, so chapter 36, Dragon and Satrap. Last time on Buckkeep Radio, Selden leads Malta into the ancient city beneath the rainwild treehouse town of Trahog. They're on a clandestine nighttime search for the dragon that plagues her dreams. However, Selden doesn't feel like crawling through grimy holes in the mostly collapsed city and has been left behind to find his own character development. (laughs) (laughs) So we come back upon Malta, who appears to have traveled some way past where we left her and Selden moping in the mud. And now she's tired and confused and doesn't know what she should do next. But suddenly she hears beautiful music and sees lights in the distance. Following them... Malta finds herself in a cave, uh, beyond the cave-in, in a palace so beautiful and opulent that it makes her Beantown heiress feel like a country bumpkin. So not only is it very extravagant and full of beautiful people, um, but uh, Malta then spends a hot minute checking out a couple of tall, elegant ladies with golden skin improbable hair and legs that go all the way up (laughs) but she recognizes that some of this seems very familiar and that she's experienced similar people and music in her dreams with rain the entire world disappears when malta briefly loses her grasp of the wall it's a phantom city and uh, malta blames it on her head injury she thinks it's all in her head Malta continues despite her suspected madness, and she finds herself at the infamous crowned rooster chamber. It sounds like there's a grand old party going on inside, lots of dancing, lots of music, but false. She's going crazy again. It's pitch black, it's flooded, and it smells like a swamp. Malta fumbles around until she falls against a wooden surface, and finally shit gets real. It's the dragon, and she's finally face to face with Malta. In some tree not too awfully far away, Johnny and Bender are arguing about Rain's rumored insanity. She laments that he did not cut up that she did not cut up the wizard wood log before he got back. It turns out that the events with the Satraps kidnapping caused Rain to leave Bingtown two weeks early and get back before he they could handle such big hard wizard wood. Bender tells Johnny that Rain is drunk in his room, raving about Malta and their all going to die they interpret this as him being suicidal and decide to go take his booze away (laughs) when johnny and bindir find rain he's bellowing about malta and about how the dragon has her as you'd expect from an older brother bindir beats the snot out of him and drags him to his bed (laughs) rain appears to sober up just long enough to explain that the dragon has malta instead of him but he still is hilariously too drunk to be taken seriously he pats his own head to indicate that the dragon is not there anymore his (laughs) his family appropriately treats him like an invalid his last words before he goes to sleep are almost lucid Malta went to the city, to the rooster crown chamber. Go get her, please. Johnny thinks about how Rain couldn't be drowning in his memories. He's still himself, just drunk. He could still see them. He's in love with a real girl, and he hasn't drowned. He wouldn't. And aside, Rain has a pebbled brow. Could he still be hot? Who knows? No waddles. <laughs> 
Back in the chamber of the gaudy cockerel, we find Malta doing credit to her family, <laughs> driving a hard bargain, bargain with a goddamn dragon. And you will leave him alone forever. Once I am free, little one, why should I be interested in your brief little lives? Of course I will leave him alone. She even gets the dragon to agree to save her father, but most importantly, she gets insurance that the dragon will hold up her into the bargain. Malta does not relent until the dragon says her name, Tintaglia, which Malta remembers has some power over the creature to convince her to maintain her deal. Tintaglia offers numerous wonders in exchange for her freedom, to which Malta responds, No tales, bring me my fucking dad, and leave rain alone, lizard. <laughs> A deal is struck. Malta will free the dragon, and the two of them will spit in their hands and shake. So, Tintagli explains how to save her. This used to be Les Artistes' studio. The silly little elderlings adored their dragons, and they wanted to make living art of them. They would carve a dragon and then let their life's essence be sucked out to the, into the stone to make a likeness of the dragon, which would fly around like a wind-up toy and then stop moving. There's a whole graveyard of these cute little things in the mountains. Dragons let the dummies make these things, but they don't actually care. You're all so insignificant. <laughs> anyway, in order to get the big dragon-sized rocks in and out, there's a humongo door. They open do the door. Um, if Malta opens the door, uh, it'll let the light shine in, and Tintaglia will be reborn again like a phoenix. Then you all can <laughs> suck it. I mean, I'll save you, whatever you want. <laughs> How do I open the door, Malta asks. I don't know, says Tintaglia. I gotta drown you in some memories first. So she does. Malta forgets being Malta because she's a hundred other elderlings at once. The history of the room flies by in 10,000x fast forward. Malta watches dragons being carved and then forgets them. Her mind is full to bursting. We learn that the elderlings stored their memories in the city because it was something fun to do, to look back on other people's <laughs> memories like a photo album. She watches and learns how the door is used and forgets pretty much everything else because she's just trying to hold on to the important stuff. In the end, the dragon revives Malta and she goes to work on the door, but Malta is unable to um, totally use the mechanism. She unearths it and she moves it about halfway, but the door doesn't open. Um... At the end, uh, Tintaglia urges Malta to go get Selden for help and go get like a pry bar or something to help move the, the crank. So finally, his time has come. Everyone needs Selden. <laughs> Except Malta, does, Malta doesn't find Selden. Uh, she finds our absolute favorite characters, Satrep Costco and his companion Keki, who are about to be drowned in mud. But rather than let them drown in the chamber uh, that is suddenly sinking, Malta, full of the summary the city's memories decides to lead the two dum-dums to safety. <laughs> oh, okay. A lot to digest here. Yeah, a lot happened. <laughs> what do you guys want? What do the rereaders want to talk about first? Or do we let them have it, Alyssa? Let them have it first. Okay. Uh, <laughs> All right. I have my agenda. Oh, you do? <laughs> so, so I guess so, I'm... I'm... I, maybe you guys caught something that I didn't, and but like, why is like the say your name, bitch? Like, why is her saying her name so important and like sealing this contract between the two of them? Okay, so that's like power. Yeah, that's like that, fairy that, power. That's like, old fairy fairy tale lore. Is names yeah. have power, and it, 
like you you actually hear have the dragon doing that to her where she's like she recalls her to herself by saying Malta Vestrit right. Malta Vestrit and I get that you know? like we've been and, doing that with the serpents and like awakening them was like saying their name over and over mm-hmm. so but yeah um but it's a long tradition also of that. so I just... dragons are just narcissists and only care about themselves <laughs> so. <laughs> so it's how you tap into their like their super ego or whatever you just say their name a bunch how you like, hypnotize say it, them say it three times in front of the mirror and they they come like beetlejuice <laughs> it's all the same it's all the same um yes tintaglia okay oh so hi oh my god i loved malta so much like she's a fucking badass little bitch she's yeah. like no we you will leave him alone like it, it, like it's honestly she, it, she proves everything that rain was like seeing in her true he's like if i can get her to choose me and like my family like it's done like she is a queen and so she's like a little what 14 year old girl like arguing down a goddamn dragon and she's like totally aware of her own power in the situation and she's like i can walk away i can fucking leave you and like that's that's how that's the power of like when you know your own position in a negotiation and you give no fucks like that's when you have power because she can just walk away like what's the worst that happens? Dragon stays trapped. Fuck you, dragon. I think it's you are also just anyway. interesting that the dragon just doesn't come off as trustworthy in any way, shape, or form. Like <laughs> oh, she yeah. has not convinced me that should she be freed, she's going to help anyone. No, not at all. <laughs> not when she's going on about like the elderlings and their stupid little dragons that they made. Yeah, and how she doesn't care about them at all. Yeah. Like, meanwhile, we're like, excuse me, they're not stupid. They're very important. Yeah. And- <laughs> We're going to save the six duchies. Yeah. <laughs> like, it took a lot to get that dragon's right and existed, so. Lives. People's lives. Yeah. Co- coming from People the last trilogy where it's like the be-all, end-all of the whole story was to wake these yeah. things. And this dragon's like, yeah, it's some up. stupid art. Shitty I don't get rocks. art. Like, it's a rock garden. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> What's even art? Art sucks. Uh, do we learn in this chapter what happened to Rain's father? Or is it later? Um, I can't remember I can't because remember there was either. so much. It all kind of blurred I together. I think it might be this one because I said it wasn't last time. We okay. experienced well, this is too last many section, memories. So I'm going to say. We... Yeah. yeah. So uh, <laughs> I think it's interesting then that they they uh, they practice like compassionate, uh, I guess like suicide. <laughs> Where they euthanize the memory yeah. people. Yeah, they're like, oh, that's, he's, mm, no. he, He's <laughs> lost his marbles. I mean, what but, would they think of Fitz? <laughs> right? But, like, now that we know what's happening to Malta, it seems unfair to do that to them because they're not drowning in memories. They're subject to, it's not them, it's the dragon. Yeah. Right. Stupid. So, stupid. I, I wondered about that, though, because, um, and this is pulling in something that comes up later, um, when the dragon's talking to Rain, and she's like, no, Malta dove in, like, none of y'all motherfuckers have. I actually wondered if Malta was doing it right, and if maybe the, the people that were resisting it, and that they were not actually letting go of their own egos, 
um, and just letting themselves kind of be completely filled with it. Like maybe that was the problem because Malta did it willingly and she like she dove into that flood and, you know, kind of knew what she was looking for. And the others who got like pulled in against their will, like maybe that broke something. Yeah, like in they them. didn't know what to focus on or didn't have anything to focus on, so it was all important. Yeah. Right. Or or the or the fact or that like it was like getting you don't even know skill. you're going to be flooded with It's very it. much like the skill, yeah. No, I think it is the skill. Yeah. <laughs> well yeah, but like it's what people describe when you get lost in the skill. I right. I a hundred percent agree. Sort of like a... But also, you can tell that she's still like not good at it or, or doesn't know what's going on because, she, like, the people who use the city were they did it as like a it's like a fun little thing to do in their, you know, when they're bored, and you that that's not the impression that you get from Malta using it. She's like kind of overwhelmed by it. Mm-hmm. Well, she also got outside of the city too, so I think like she wasn't in it that long. But if people are working down there every single day, right, and getting their mind bombarded with memories and you know dragon stuff and all of that, then like I can see how it would severely affect them. And if they have no ability to control the skill, like they're just sensitive to it, but they don't. They can't direct it. Then they, right. they're just at its mercy. Yeah. Well, because mm-hmm. Malta like seems to have more awareness than you know the average person anyway. Yeah, she can like, light up the whole wall. Yeah, yeah, the wall can light up right. everything. So she might be more equipped to handle it than someone else as well. I just like that rain is not. I mean, it's plot, right? It's like, oh, well, he would obviously know where she went and go save her. We can't have that happen right now. So let's... so he's drunk. He's drunk. Yeah. <laughs> but he has, to, he has to get drunk to stop the, the dragon from yeah. invading his mind. Poor boy. So um, one, one other thought that I had, and I, I don't know whether multiple retain significant memory of this, but I was like, you know, if she like lived... 10,000 different lifetimes um, in that memory flood. Eh, she's probably not 14 anymore. I'm I'm less concerned about the age gap now. <laughs> uh-huh. like now she... she's too old for him. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, he's been down there too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's still too old for her. Uh, what, I also just want to point out that, you know, this whole idea that the people who lived in the city, these elderly people that were making statues to honor the dragons and therefore putting their entire souls into the dragons these are not coteries uh it seemed like they were artists so maybe a single person a single very powerful person no i think it was teams of people but what's important is i think there's way more time has gone by than we even think because it's long enough to where the people in the six duchies and the people in uh, Town had created their own uh, related it. tradition that mm-hmm. wasn't about art and honoring dragons. It was about the coteries and wanting to go, you know, do the coterie thing and be a dragon. Well, I mean, so like, they like, can't even remember layered. the history of these people. Right. right. They're just so like... They're, it's fucking old, is what I'm Well, because they at. think the elderlings, like, are the dragons. This is like, you know, I don't know. It's like Gilgamesh. And, it's, yeah, this is like the Renaissance and the pyramids. Oh, we were talking you know, like, like, like like thousands of years B.C. for us. 
kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question. So the the stuff on the walls, the like Jidzen stuff that lights up, is like what is that? And is that like the same thing as like the you know the veined walls in the city that Fitz was in? Because well, that yeah, stuff it's, didn't light um... up. Double A battery, <laughs> or the flame jewels. You know, it's all just it's. Well, yeah, the one that Fitz magic. found, he was able to turn on. Like it seemed like it had. It, it was almost like TVs. Like he was able to turn them on and off and see things. Right. So maybe they just had different purposes, and because this city was so grand, it had lights. <laughs> lights. I took it. I was in that boat, Jenny. Like I kind of took it to be the same thing. But I mean, so I the, guess the, the I guess you know up. he I mean, wasn't he was outside. It wasn't like he was inside. So maybe they only light up in the dark. He was like glow in the dark. Well, and then there's something that comes up in one of the later um, chapters in this section where Rain talks about how like Malta heard music and not everybody can hear the music and like he can and she can. So clearly, there's like a Still special music. power with that. So I feel like that might go back to that. And how it works for certain people. Although I, so I will say, the the wall stuff because he says it's like fading. So maybe the fact that it's underground just meant it was preserved better, whereas the stuff in the city Fitz was in had just like lost all the light, but it still yeah. had the memories attached. Yeah. I I mean I think you're right. I think it is made of that stone, and it's just interesting to see all the different ways that they've been able to use that one resource to create. Mm-hmm different things like lights and tvs and memory boxes and dragons and jewels yeah i mean it's like it's like us it's plastic we're we are we are people in the 1900s and we have light bulbs like we just got light bulbs and we we suddenly have we see like laptops and iphones and we're like is this electricity (laughs) (laughs) yeah we're just those barbarians this is a fancy light bulb (laughs) it is nice to see an evolution of technology based on magic though because so often we see a stagnation in fantasy based on magic where because they have magic they don't innovate uh and i like to see the innovation around this magical substance Mm -hmm. i think that's different except the fact that they lost it so now they're like well, there was a calamity. There I was know. <laughs> what did you guys think of the extravagant golden people? Oh, yeah. Amber. Uh, wink, wink. Amber. Amber. <laughs> yeah. That was what I thought. I'm sticking to that theory. <laughs> Time traveler. Is that the theory? Well, some, 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 she, she's some close relative of the elderlings if not an elderling herself somehow i don't know like i don't have a theory about whether it's you know random mountain tribe that survived um and is deeply inbred or like time travel or crossbreed i don't know i don't care but like every time her strange coloring comes up and then those people get described i'm like that's the same thing in different words yeah <laughs> I'm gonna put my vodka down because I thought you said random mountain trash. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I've, I don't, I don't know how many drinks in I am at this point. I don't know what my accent's doing. Maybe I said random mountain trash. <laughs> 
Shall we move on to 37 since we've started kind of pulling from later chapters already? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Alyssa, go. Chapter 37 is called Death of the City. Kefria wakes up in Lothlorien and hates it. A little (laughs) tremor is fine, but big earthquake in a tree. No thanks, rainy wilds. Maybe it's time to find Malta and tell her they're going back to Bingtown after all. Malta's not in her room, though, and she tries not to panic. Rain's sister has no idea, but Johnny takes her right on over to Rain's room and horrifically does not even <laughs> knock. <laughs> but uh-oh, no Malta. But oh, thank God, no Malta. <laughs> and Johnny's like, oh, don't worry, we'll just find them. Silly of us for not trying that first. By the way, Selden will do great here, and Kefri is like, ah, yeah, totally, we're definitely staying. The bell sounds, and Johnny says that there must have been a cave in there, are people trapped, and whoever can help must, so that means us. Malta is leading the Satrap and Keki to different dead ends and dissociating. She's come to the conclusion that Cosgo definitely does not recognize her from the ball, and Keki just straight up assumes she's a maid, so now you know how Rach feels, I guess, Malta. <laughs> anyway, Malta is possessed by an actor, and then leads them to a long string of LEDs. They make the home stretch out to the morning sun, which snaps Malta out of her mind ghosts. Everyone is covered in mud, and somewhere the serpents are nodding approvingly. <laughs> They wind up on a tiny island, and Malta laments that they have to go back, and the Satrap and Keki are like, no, why don't you go get one of those kayaks we passed on the way out and row us to safety? But Malta is fucking done. She mocks a curtsy, (laughs) and she delivers the biggest mic drop, quote, Malta Vestrit, she says, of the Bingtown traders, bids Magnadon Satrap Cosgo and his companion Keki farewell. I am not your servant to be put to your bidding, nor do I consider myself your subject any more. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Loved it. He threatens to not rescue her father if she leaves them behind, and she laughs. As she climbs back down into old New York from Futurama... <laughs> She sees the corridor has caved in, and there's no escape back into that sweet, sweet darkness. She's like, well, guess I'll take that back. I'll take back the sick burn I delivered from earlier and get a boat and row the satrap wherever. Everyone is waking up Rain because he's hungover and in love to tell him about the frosted quakes. (laughs) Thank you. <laughs> He's like, "Oh, you got Malta out of there, right?" And everyone's like, "Uh." So Rain has to go get her himself. <laughs> Meanwhile, Malta's unsacking cedar boats. Keki cried so hard she passed out, and the satrap trying to lift something is like watching a baby fall over. <laughs> When Malta tries to explain how boats float to him, he mouths at her, also like a squishy baby. Malta is exhausted and tells him he should go be useful and find some oars and realizes that this tone is how her grandmother speaks to her. She falls asleep. (laughs) But don't worry, Rain has got his Crayola brand rainbow sidewalk chalk. Get it? (laughs) 
It's funnier written. I'm funny, I swear. And he oop trips over another squishy baby, Selden. Selden says that when Malta didn't come back out after the quake, he went in after her. Rain is like, cool story, little old gray man. But I have to go get Malta now, who has most certainly gone to get get the dragon. So he takes Selden on a piggyback ride into the crumbling dark. As he goes, the memories of the city plead, remember us, as though they know it's the end a second time. Rain doesn't find Malta in the crowned rooster chamber, so he starts to beat up that egg. <laughs> Kick it. <laughs> He's doing great. <laughs> the corrosive water is flooding the place while Tintaglia taunts Rain that Malta was drowned in memories. And together, Rain and Selden finish Malta's tasks and open the door that will free the dragon. If they can collapse the ceiling, the dragon will survive them both, and if not, all three of them would die, so it's not looking good. Rain and Selden try to make it work, but are plunged into darkness as it comes down around them. Malta wakes up because the satrap is towing her with his boot. He says he sees lights, and she rolls up her sleeves like, I'll have you seeing lights, pal. <laughs> The satrap didn't find oars, surprise, but Malta goes and finds more moth-free cedar planks to row with. She remembers a vague dream about flying through darkness, but kind of pushes it away. Once they find a place to launch the boat, Malta turns it all into a gondola, looks up, and sees the glimmering lights of Trehog that hit her eye like a big pizza pie, and she pushes the boat off. You guys, when... He, when Rain looks at Selden and is like, he looks like a little gray man. I'm like, okay, so in the span of like a third of a book, we've seen him go from baby to like 12 year old <laughs> to now he's an old, old man. And it's like Benjamin buttoning him. <laughs> he fell asleep in the mud. <laughs> I just like that Selden has become victim to, to Robin Hobb's greatest prank. And it's the the end of her books where she <laughs> she pushes a whole book into like the last three chapters. Yeah. Like, <laughs> all right. All this shit <laughs> that I haven't Sultan done gets yet. gets to exist now. He's got to be so happy. I mean, he almost dies like seven times, but it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. He's a character now. He's important. He has, lines. Yeah. <laughs> he has relevance. Well, you know, it, it gives it gives Rain something to do, at least. <clears throat> and by the way, how great was that fucking line that she's like, it'll be good for Rain to deal with a little brother before he has children of his own. <laughs> <laughs> also, I can all I could think of was how I felt when I was really hungover at Star Wars Celebration last year and how I could barely get anywhere. And I was like, I couldn't save anyone. Like hung, hung over. I mean, I guess he's still like twenty or whatever because yeah, like, yeah a hangover when you're different. twenty isn't much. <laughs> yeah, let, let's flash back to college days and like what hangovers used to be. Not lean on what they are now. What they didn't tell us is that he actually like tossed back a couple of shots before he went down to into the city because he just needed like a hair <laughs> of the dog. Like let's just yeah, let's just get through this kind of thing. Scale of the dragon. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's what it's called. <laughs> Somebody make that oh, shot. Gross. Let us know what's in it. I do <laughs> like sludge. that she got out through like the old theater entrance. 
of this like weird sinking mud city. Like, oh, <laughs> they had like art galleries. It's and such theater. like bizarre details that we get in these books. This is one of them where I'm just like, what? <laughs> like, well, okay. I guess it's like if Times Square had like yeah and dug into it. Old it's New like, York shit, lighting up under here. <laughs> like, got like the street with all the wig shops. Yeah. And and the five-story ads for, like, Nike and shit. <laughs> this is a really important symbol. I will make it the symbol of my house. <laughs> I just really love Walter in this chapter just being done with Costco. Yeah. And just how much she hates him and how much she describes him as just this useless, useless person. And I do enjoy the continued self-awareness of, like, everything from her former life and just she's growing (laughs) oh i used to be useless burden too this is like oh this is how my grandmother talked to me yeah yeah and i see why like (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) like okay but i love that they were like we'll just kidnap the the satrap and just shove him in this old watery <laughs> closet in this collapsing city and just leave him it was no the guard. nicest room what are you talking about there's no one there to watch them it's ridiculous just, did they bring them food who knows? who knows they could not have been happy in there they could have stuck them in Good. a tree at least like why are, i guess they had to hide them from everyone yeah. else so they yeah. stuck them in the in the city <laughs> But he was too well, useless I... to leave, so it wasn't that Right, bad they don't know how plan. to open their own doors. <laughs> there are servants for that. <laughs> what is this? A doorknob. I do not know how it works. It tends to be. It tends to be. I mean, Cirilla you wasn't there it, to open Kaki. it for him, so what can he do? Kaki, open the door. <laughs> No, you open it. Is it push or is it pull? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not touching it. I can't touch it. Uh, just going to sit here. Someone will <laughs> save us. The worst. <laughs> they suck. They suck. I'm like, I'm surprised that Malta wasn't just like, I'm going to leave you here and take the boat. What are you going to do? What are you going to do about it? <laughs> My personal favorite is when they fucking sit in the boat and it's sitting in the mud. And she's like, you're going to have to get your fucking asses up because this is not going to go anywhere if it's she's touching like, the bottom. Let me explain to you how boats work because I've actually grown up around them and, oh, look, I absorbed some knowledge. I love that she credited that to, like, being a, a, a boat family whatever and not to just like common sense <laughs> if the boat is digging into the ground it shan't move forward yeah. and if it has a hole in it it's not good like, i mean if not... Della was there she'd be like malta how do you know things how do you know all these things it's like you're a man <laughs> i mean can you blame keki and costco for being that dumb i mean really <laughs> They only traveled here in a boat across the ocean. I, I love when she says common sense and Costco's like, are you refusing my orders? <laughs> yeah. She's like, yes, I am. You moron. I can't change gravity for you. Magnodon. It's like she was highlighting how stupid his name was. 
<laughs> Satrap Magnadon Cosco. Oh. Keki isn't much better. Yeah, Keki's pretty bad. <laughs> Kiki, Kiki. Maybe it's Kiki. Kiki. <laughs> Is that any better? I it's like oh, I feel like Kiki should meet Kyle. Right. Just for like <laughs> terrible name. <laughs> Ashley. Oh, I was I was gonna say I did think it was kind of interesting that Rain so quickly was just kind of resigned to the idea that Malta was dead, or like he's very or like yeah. gone. You know, it's yeah. like oh, we have to find her, but she's she's probably toast already. So it's like the the like sacrificing Selden to try to open up the big door and everything. <laughs> he was just like, well, <laughs> go out with the bang. I guess that's kind of like how Fitz is always a little morose. Well, there goes that dream. Yes, he's just hung over. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, yeah, he's hung over. But I, I think that there is something draining about the skill. Like, I don't... Because, you know, like, using it is, is such a high when you when it's gone. It must bring you down. Yeah. Rain it can't can put can't in a submission for Sad Saxon on this. Herbs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he comes when he needs it. It's not there every time. Yeah. It's like, you know, a bi-monthly meeting instead of every every week. Is that why Elf Bark makes you feel alright after the skill? Because it mimics it? I think so. I think, well, that and it it it's, it closes you yeah. off from it. But I I, I think that we, we tend to say, oh, well, Fitz was, is depressed because of the Elf Bark. But I wonder if it's not just the Elf Bark. No, I think, just I because... think he was starting off in a dark place. <laughs> <laughs> from the get-go. <laughs> this is maybe not the best test subject yeah. I mean, for that theory. Maybe sure. Verity is better. Okay. Speaking of disasters, let's move on to chapter 38. <laughs> chapter 38 is mine. It's called Paragon's Captain. Uh, and I labeled it Rachel. And then I, it looked like Rachel is Paragon's Captain. And I liked that. So on the Paragon, everyone is recovering after the confrontation with the Sea Serpent and settling into rank and file after Althea's display of no fucks given. Captain Brashen summons Althea, Laboy, and Amber to his cabin for a parlay. Please, I want to use pirate words. So over Brandy, they discuss the plan to ready the crew for eventual conflict with pirates and serpents. This is a rescue mission after all. Lavoy is sent to training the crew how to fight, and he slaps his fist into his hand, smiling while his muscles creak, and he says, Okay, Captain. And then Brashen asks Amber if she could arm the ship. And Amber thinks it's possible, but cautions against a shipboard attitude towards confrontation with vengeful, intelligent serpents, and even more, the idea that Paragon should have access to weaponry when he acts so strangely around said serpents. Lavoy cracks his neck and says Amber sounds crazy, talking about smart serpents and Paragon talking to them. Only a fool would think differently. To which Amber claps back, I think differently. It's not the first time I've been called a fool and likely not the last. 
And in this instance, I like to think of the giant hulking Laboy covered in suntan oil and a tank top twitching his boob <laughs> muscles. And the tall, skinny, doesn't need suntan oil, Amber, toe to toe and eye to eye while Althea sips her brandy. And Brashen is like, oh, wait, I should probably not let them fight. So Brashen <laughs> sends Lavoy to start drills and he tells them that he supports Amber's ideas about not provoking the serpents and that Paragon's drills and his weaponry will be up to Amber. So they're going to be best friends, clearly. <laughs> Anyways, while all the ship politics set to ferment, the convo continues. Althea is impressed with Brashen's decisiveness, and Amber reveals that she and Paragon have been experimenting. <laughs> Amber's been removing the seven-pointed scar from his chest. Brashen's nervous about Paragon smashing Amber to little bits, but allows the work to progress. If it works, maybe his eyes could be next. Amber is a little offended at being ordered around by Brashen and being given permission to do what she's already decided to do, but cooperates. She leaves, and now Brashen and Althea are alone. They breathe each other's air for a while, and then Brashen asks about her hands, and he admits that he does want to kill R2, but Althea assures him that this way is better to gain the greater, greater cooperation of the crew. And at this point, I'm throwing my hands in the air, but like, what can I do about it besides rip the pages out of my book and scratch R2's name out of every copy? <laughs> Anyways, then Althea leaves and Brashen broods that he definitely is in love with her. Just cute. <laughs> So, meanwhile, Amber has gone straight to Paragon, who says, there's two of us. Not you and me. Me and me. There's two of us. And Amber says cryptically, sometimes I feel that way myself. And Paragon says, who's your other me? Oh, well, a friend I had. We used to talk a lot. Sometimes I hear myself still talking to him, and I know how he would answer. And Paragon states, like a little kid, I'm not like that. There has always <laughs> been two of me. <laughs> And these two extremely interesting weirdos continue to talk to each other about, <laughs> but somehow around all this goss. Have you always known who you are? Not always, but I suspected. You are one spooky ship. I've always known who I was. Back and forth while Amber sands away the star that definitely, definitely means something. Then Althea comes around to ask frustrating live ship questions that I imagine Robin Hobb wrote while picturing we, the readers, standing in front of her at a book signing being frustrating. <laughs> Where does the color come from? Why is his face all gray? There are two of Paragon? And then Amber, avatar of the author in this paragraph, says, we are all creatures of our own devising. So then Paragon thinks about squeezing Amber into goo, and I don't like that part. And he gets all self-reflective and snaps Amber's safety line while setting her back up on the deck, not realizing that his display of casual strength has greatly disturbed Althea and freaked Amber out a little bit. But she shakes it off. Comments. <laughs> I just have the song Just the Two of Us stuck in my head now. <laughs> what do you think he means by that I mean did his it's a weird dragon self say. wake up maybe <laughs> yeah I mean it could or have been like his always former been life and his current life or I don't or is he having like um, is he sort of being semi possessed by um, like a specific personality that had died on him. Oh, yeah. spooky. <laughs> There's a lot of, 
dying. <laughs> pull it together, oh. Rachel. Fucking pull it together. No spoilers. Oh. Okay. I'm with you. You've <laughs> already been accused by the listeners of feeding things to us. You gotta shut it down. Chapter 38. Rachel pulls it together. <laughs> <laughs> Look, she so pulls her two I'm selves paragon together: captain. the spoiler self and the new year self. So, so can can we talk about how uh, how hot Brashen is? Like having that it factor. The man has like, a peeling yeah. face. Like that was and that she's was still like, oh, I'd do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, she didn't know it, and that's when she finally realizes that she's like, oh, this is what my father saw in him. Like he has it. Like that that capacity to completely like separate himself. From from the ship and like be the captain whoa that's hot <laughs> damn it now i can't be with him because i'm a crew member on the ship he's a good leader a <laughs> they don't have an hr so they can't be getting into yeah. like a leader and subordinate relationship because that's just Correct. not good yeah they can't bone until she's got her own yeah. ship now that's an incentive <laughs> <laughs> And they want to give Paragon a weapon. <laughs> so, that would go great. I'm like, really eh. great. Even if they just yeah. gave him like uh, a look. big stick, he could do a lot of damage. So I'm like, what kind of weapon do they want to give him? The spear? Like yeah, with I'm a tip on like... the end? That doesn't sound good. Like, Amber's already been teaching food. him how to swat stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. First mate Lavoy, unlikely voice of reason. <laughs> <laughs> But he's also not into this, you know, crazy talk about talking serpents. And he's he's no vegan, you know. He doesn't think he doesn't think animals have brains. <laughs> They're just animals. Serpents ships, are like I mean, Paragon can talk, but he's just a he's just a ship. It's just a neat trick. Yeah, just magic. I have so many things to say that I can't say, so I'll just reply. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I do like that Brashen admits that he did know what the fuck R two was doing, and he did want to throw him overboard. That made me feel yeah. a little bit better about Brashen. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know that I was ever holding that against him at all. No. But But sometimes it's nice to hear it said. Yeah. That he, that he, I don't, I I guess it just means more to me than for him to just be like, oh, something happened. Whatever. Yeah. Like, that it wouldn't even occur to him that what the things, the bad things that were happening were like that bad. like oh no i knew i know exactly what's happening and i did not kill that guy only because you asked me not to indirectly (laughs) i wonder if this toothless idiot pops up again in the the book well he's not (laughs) dead he must (laughs) he said toothless and i just thought of dragons (laughs) he's (laughs) 
if uh, if nothing if nothing else, he'll be great serpent fodder. Like no one's gonna no one's gonna cry if R two gets snapped <laughs> yeah. by a serpent. That's very true. <laughs> or Kenneth fodder. Maybe maybe he should be the weapon. <laughs> Sounds more just like babe, slapping him okay. against the wall. He's just gonna <laughs> like be a character. distraction, like the lawyer in the little grass hut bathroom in Jurassic Park. Like, yeah. <laughs> Like, if, if Paragon, you know, gets spooked by a servant, he can just pick R2 up and, like, toss him at them. R2, you now stand here. Why? <laughs> this is your post. You just need to be an easy reach, okay? <laughs> just in case he has a tantrum. There's two things happening here, right? We have Paragon, who we're, like, learning more about, and as we learn more about him, he becomes less scary and yet more scary because we're like, okay, you've got like a split personality or like <laughs> something else is going on with you and that's fine and you're gentle and you're holding amber up while she like you know removes the star on your chest but then also you're like i could smush her yeah <laughs> i feel like the more that paragon learns and the more critical thinking that he does as the story carries on is like more dangerous than he was with his just like temper tantrum outbursts and so I'm kind of interested to see where we go with that. I mean, it's dangerous in a different way. It, it yeah. goes from being sort of like this agent of chaos to like a very sort of conscious entity that has its uh, own agenda. Exactly. And might Yeah, like his own opinions. Be, and he says, yeah. it's like, okay, well, like, you think that I'm doing what you want me to right now. But like, what if he changes his mind? And he's like, no, that's not what I'm going to do now. And I have all of you on me in the middle of nowhere. And I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. Not just do what you guys tell me to. Mm-hmm. I I think it's interesting uh, when Malta was talking to him and Tentaglia sort of got mixed in for a bit. Uh, he called himself a king. And you, you know that Tentaglia calls herself a queen and that could be just like how... You know, dragons think of themselves as better than else. everybody's a king and a queen. But, but, uh, but there was, I believe, one of the serpents was talking about his past life, and he was a lord. So I think that, like, yeah, maybe there are different classes. Like, you know, there's we've got a minstrel, we've got a lord, we've got a king, we've got a queen. Like, maybe Paragon was a really fucking badass dragon at one point. I don't know. Are we gonna find. I'm trying out. to. I'm just connecting yeah. some words. <laughs> you, did. Like, you did it. Stunned, stunned silence is not a rejection of the. Yeah, theory. no, it's me. Like, whoa, it's me thinking. No, shit. I've been explicitly told to shut up. So here I am. <laughs> Shutting up. Just making my lists of my own. <laughs> <laughs> Making my own words, my own word <laughs> connections. <laughs> um, I do like the kind of like sideways acknowledgement that this magic doesn't make sense and it will not be explained. So stop. <laughs> Give it time. It's like, you I know, like it. it's a bunch more books. <laughs> All right. Shall we move on? Sure. Jenny, you're up. Uh, chapter 39, which I forgot the title of. I think it's The Dragon Rising. 
or something, or Rising of the Dragon. Um, <laughs> yeah, what are those? Jenny Rising. Jenny Rising. It's Dragon Rising. Dragon Rising. I was right the first time. Um, the sun is rising. Uh, Rain is trapped in the mud, and Selden is sleeping on the job. Uh, Rain is defeatist. Has <laughs> pretty much accepted that they're going to die, and that Malta has died too. But first, they're going to try and dig out anyway. So he plans to climb on top of the wizard wood log and get out through the broken dome at the top. Except, wait, the wizard wood log is melting and smells like snakes, according to Selden. Garden Rain snakes. is unconcerned until he notices the sunlight hitting the corner of the log and sees it bubble and melt down. But live ships did not melt in the sun, he thinks, because live ships are dead. But I am not. I live, the dragon replies. So in true Robin Hood fashion, the dragon can't just break out of its cocoon in any normal, non-gross manner. So instead, it has to absorb the melting chrysalis and swell with it and change colors all the while. The bones and withered muscle and skin plumped with life as, and took on flesh. And a heavy reptilian odor wafts over them as she flops her wings. And it sounds disgusting, so that's par for the course. <laughs> um, but despite all that, Rain thinks she's beautiful. Selden, on the other hand, thinks she's going to eat them, and I'm kind of with some. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tintaglia breaks free and practically tramples them in her effort uh, to get out, and Rain and Selden scramble around trying to avoid dying. Uh, once she's out, they decide that maybe they can grab hold of some roots and climb out and rescue themselves, and they finally begin to have a little bit of hope. Tintaglia, on the other hand, is just thrilled to be free and flying around again. She's got stuff to do. She's got to go find the younglings and guide them to their migration and all of that. She doesn't have time for those pesky humans. They're not even elderlings. They were at least somewhat worthwhile. They respected dragons. Um, she couldn't possibly owe Rain and Malta anything. That would be like owing a debt to a butterfly or a blade of grass, in which I wonder which is the butterfly and which is the blade of grass. Um, she touches minds with them briefly, though, and sees that, yes, they are dying. But they're poor little bugs, and it won't take her too much time, she supposes. So she decides that she'll go back and save them after all. It's very nice of her. She has a heart. <laughs> you guys, Fucking all I could think of when she was, like, when they said that she was, like, swelling and growing after coming out of the wood was those little, like, sponge things that come in the pill capsules that you stick <laughs> yeah. in the water. Yeah. And they just kind of, like, grow and get bigger and bigger. They were off to dinosaurs, too. This, is pretty oh, this whole thing apt. is Selden's dream. <laughs> He's in a bathtub. <laughs> they described her wings as sounding like wet canvas. Like, yeah. it's just so viscerally The descriptors gross. in these last few chapters have really been on point. It's just so much. Wet um, canvas. I liked, though, that she was like, you know what? Like, my life goes on for so long, and theirs is so short and pathetic. So, like, you know what? Like... I'm just going to let them have whatever short, pathetic life they can have. And I'll go help them and rescue yeah. them. Yeah, her her reversal there was kind of hilarious. Where she's like, I mean, they're only going to live for a few breaths anyway. I owe them nothing. And then she's like, yeah, they're only going to live for a few breaths anyway. It'll take me literally two seconds to save them. I guess that's not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, they put aside their mating with each other to try and rescue me. So I guess I guess I should do something. I mean, you know, she did work on them for eons. <laughs> <laughs> we like shared. She immediately forgot. Like, Bitch, we shared a dream. You better come Wait. back and save me. <laughs> oh, I hate the dragons. Tentaglia fucking sucks. <laughs> I just, 
I hate her. It's just, it's like you hate her. You, she's on the. You're on the hate train with her. I I hate her. I hate the dragons so. Oh my much, god! You actually. hate the serpents. Even... You hate the dragons. Why are you so racist? <laughs> because they they're elitist assholes. They're elitist assholes, and they fundamentally think that they're better than everyone else around them. And you know what? They have to. They have to get into people's brains in order to make them think that they're beautiful, but they're not. Like, they're horrible monsters. I don't know. I feel like they sound like they're pretty cool. I don't know. You have so much hate Wait, towards can... other species. It's concerning. It's amazing that they took their time out of, you know, their busy, short lives of eating and breeding to go and help her. Yeah. Well, and because, like, Rain didn't have any reason to. Like, Malta, she was getting something no, out of it. But Rain, him. like, he could have just died. Or he, like, he's like, nope, you know what? If we're going to be down here, might as well follow through on this and, like, help her get out of her fucking And you log. noticed Tintaglia was super into go saving Kyle when she flew out of <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that was really on her radar. I hope Tintaglia eats the Satrap and Keki. <laughs> Goes They're to save Malta and just saves Malta and like accidentally kills the other two but that wouldn't be good because they still have to try to save bingtown and they need i know it doesn't make any sense but i can hope but you can't control where her tail goes i mean if she just knocks them out of right if she like breaks his leg or something then like that would be fine (laughs) just like dribble some slime on them and they could just be like you know yeah oh she's just just dribbling slime as she flies around with her disgusting lizard stink in her does she talk in all caps five thousand year old breath not yet not yet okay i think we get all all caps dragons later She's still, She's, still She's still soft. soft. She's still soft. You, should, you can still kill her. Pick up the spike. <laughs> if you could, Rachel, if you could make a guillotine large enough for a dragon, you would. I would be, the whole time, if I was Rain, the whole time I was helping her ass, I'd be like, you're so fucking stupid. Your whole species relies on getting turded out onto the fucking riverbed, and then you could just die if we didn't help you. You're not that great. But they seem to have a good system. It's just that their system was interrupted. Yeah, it involved slavery. Obviously. They're so angry. I mean, it's if you think about it, it's not all that different from us. We take forever to develop, and then we kind of subjugate the rest of the planet. Think about it. What what are you? Some kind of liberal? I don't know that Rachel's ever really thought that highly of other humans. So I don't know if this is like a great argument. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, and, and? and? <laughs> you mean that the dragons are are facsimiles for just people? Yeah, Rachel we does often virus, refer man. to herself as the queen, though. So. <laughs> You can refer to me as Tintaglia in all caps from now on. Just Rachel in all caps. So just yeah, shouting. Just Honestly, I 50% of the time I'm typing in all caps, so it's it's real. It's true. <laughs> you little bugs. You little bugs, read more. I like that she called them bugs. And... <laughs> is bugs better than blade of grass? 
or parasites. Isn't that what one of the serpents calls them? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Parasites on the That's boat. they're on the boat. Yeah. They love us so much. <laughs> I mean... Before we get to the epilogue, though, for our new readers, like, is this, this is the final scene that you expected, didn't expect? I was going to be real pissed if she didn't get, I mean, get let loose, freed, freed, I guess is the word there. I mean, I feel like... Catch. I don't feel like there's as many hanging, frustrating questions at the end of this book as I felt like there were with the Farseer trilogy. We still have another book to go. For sure. But like at the end of those, every time I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like we still have not addressed like majorly important things. Whereas this one, I feel like I'm getting enough to where I'm not frustrated with where right. I'm at. Well, at I mean, this, this is book. a spinoff, right? Like this is a, this is like a little short jaunt, a little, a little left-hand turn in the greater scheme of things. So yeah. yeah, we're we're on like a more accelerated timeline. I think you'll feel better nine. with the next trilogy in terms of answers. Which yeah, one's she'll feel great. What's the next trilogy? I, this is how little I know about all this everybody. We go back it's to like, I don't even know. We so we yeah, go back to Tawny. We're going to go back to Fitz. Tawny it's man. called the Tawny Man trilogy. Okay. And then after that is the Rainwilds. Hell yes. yes. Okay. But I'll probably like duck out of Tawny Man and come back for Rainwild. You're just never. You're gonna be like, I don't know who the fuck this is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for the record, I've fuck read this Asquest, main character. Okay, <laughs> so, like, main character. I know I where, love it. I know where he starts, but I'm just like my my reading time is limited, and like, I can I barely it, handle the five chapters a week, and the break will be nice. <laughs> It'll be like a, a year long break. So then, will will Joey come back for Tawny Man? He does keep asking me if if we're done yet, so I believe Aww. he wants to come back. Okay. So me and, me and Joey can like tag team, a like Joey I'll be here chapter for the rain wilds and the talking ships and the crazy dragons and the acid river, and like <laughs> 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 he can be with us. <laughs> if you think the dragons are going away, think again. Well, that's why I mean, like, there's a lot of books about dragons, and Rachel's very heated about it. I'm like, how are you? Gonna, are you going to like burst a blood vessel in your eye every time? <laughs> to read one of these fucking books <laughs> well there is a reason that i never read the Rainwild books and it's because there's dragons on all the covers and i was always like nah, i don't care about that how do you feel about valcor valcor <laughs> doesn't speak in all caps and he doesn't call people bugs okay all right i'm and just Valcor's like i'm trying to see like... like if this is like a, a very like a realm specific dragon hatred or if this is like a generalized global <clears throat> issue no it's it's like it's weird it's weird because i love these books a lot but hobbs dragons are not my favorite dragons on the planet this could change i don't know maybe the rainwilds will change my mind i don't know i, I didn't really like uh the <laughs> dragons not read in the last books? trilogy <laughs> i have not read the rainwild books so oh i, I thought you read yeah. them all I've read everything but those because there's dragons. Because on the you cover dodged them. I see. I see. Like, I see. Okay. Hey, not doing that. It's Don't all like coming this. back to me now. And also, I have to remember, I I'm in this for the Fitz books. Like I right. didn't even read. I didn't even read Live Ship until I was done. I'd see. Like I, I am so. I am enjoying the Live Ship books. I feel like way more than I enjoyed. Not saying that I did not enjoy. I'm just saying like I enjoyed everything so far. 
But I like these ones more than the Farseer trilogy. But I think it's just because there's more characters and more points of view and like that kind of stuff. So more mm-hmm. tangible plot. <laughs> yes, <laughs> just like trapped in this one sad sex. One hundred percent. Do not read these books for the plot. I just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, so please back me up. Do you just do you read the, the other ones just for like the fanfic that you're spinning off as you read the pages? <laughs> Actually, yes. And then Tintaglia yes. and Paragon. Um, I think um, I think the next trilogy feel, will I make it attacked. more apparent why why I, there's such an obsession it's... with the fits. I feel I'm, I'm going to attacked. posit that it's the emotional catharsis because sometimes it's a lot easier to feel the hard feelings when they're someone else's. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't cry all that much in real life, but I get to cry during these books, which is nice. It's allowed. Yeah. Um, I mean, I haven't cried during the live shit books, but the Fitz and the Fool books have definitely the, made me cry. Yeah, they, they make oh, you cry, see, I've man. cried way get more you. in these books than the Farseers, but... Oh. Interesting. I don't know what there was to cry about in these books. There's yeah. just more moments <laughs> where I'm like, oh, that like tugged at my heartstrings more than the... The Farseers, but I mean, I I am enjoying these more than I thought I would when I started, because we started with Treasure Beach and Kennet, and I was like, <laughs> well, yeah. And if Rachel had tainted your opinion at all, my goodness, no, I, I it was tainted before that because I am also partially spoiled. But um, yeah, well, you're not <laughs> spoiled. You just read the last trilogy. Yeah, you spoiled yourself okay. by reading. You re- you read the books. Yes. How dare you? <laughs> But I'm missing large Classic. gaps of time here. I just really like one of the, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting for me because I love the books that I love so much. And like the, the live ship books are, they're, they're great. They're fantastic. Like I would recommend them to people. Uh, they're not my favorite of her oeuvre, but. <laughs> you can't even say what is your favorite because you haven't read them all. I, I'm confident. Damn. Yeah, it's not going to be rain. <laughs> Deep blow. I'm confident. confident that it's the Tony Man trilogy, and she will. I'm confident. That. Your favorite um, is City of Dragons. Yes. <laughs> What's the one with the most dragons? Yeah, that's her favorite. City full of them. Rachel the dragons. I mean, there are dragons in her favorite book, so. Yeah. <laughs> City of Dragons by Rose. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and well, when we get there, anyway. Um, <laughs> can't see my face, so I'm safe. Alyssa, let's talk what about a... you and your opinions and your feelings instead of ma- mine. I'm a very <laughs> private person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how how do you feel about this? part of the story as a whole i mean like you you like the Rainwild books you know like i do very much i don't know if it's because it was the first though because i feel like y'all have a much stronger attachment to the farseer a trilogy elena pending but (laughs) she's never gonna read them so it's fine (laughs) yeah i don't know i think 
Wait, so do you, you think that it does Wild's like first? Yeah. Do you think that it has to do with which books you read first? Like, if I had read Live Ship or like Rain Wilds first, would I be a Dragon Stan? <laughs> I don't know about you. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I don't know if it's like the first interaction and conversation you have with a author's entire cast of characters and like I wasn't used to the way she was writing people and I'd never like encountered an author who wrote people this good and made me hurt like this so I was hurt first by Rain Wilds before I was hurt <laughs> thoroughly by Fitz and the Fool. Your first cut is the pre- yes, most precious. Yeah. Exactly. Wait, remind <laughs> me of the order you read these and again you read the Rain Wilds <laughs> and then you went to and then the, started the order that they're listed in the back of the book which is the completely wrong order apparently. I read the recommended blurbs at the back of each of them so the book that had the third um, <laughs> trilogy book I was just like oh I better skip it no I read Rain Wilds and then started over with the Farseer trilogy okay live ship yeah I didn't Did you reread, reread the re- okay <laughs> uh, let's get the let's get the epilogue out of the way before we yeah, forget before about I it I can't read anymore Yes, yes, thank you. <laughs> Chapter 40, <laughs> Epilogue, Elena. <laughs> the title, oh, no. Too the Late. Memory, <laughs> the Memory of Wings. Uh, we are finally back with our dil- dear friends, Malkin, Malkin, and Malkin, attorneys at law. I, I mean, our, our servant friends in Malkin's tangle. The slender green minstrel is being slender and minstrel-like, too weak to hold on to the others and complaining about how hard Malkin is pushing them to travel. Asking the important questions, like, if we know where we're going and why, what's the damn rush? Uh, the others offer different reasons, like Malkin fears they'll all forget again, and hey, the seasons are changing. This is late summer now, and yo, we've got a deadline for getting ourselves spun into chrysalises of mud and memories that can bake up hard in the sun before the rains and cold of winter come. Snap, snap, snap. Yeah. Malkin is like, yeah, y'all should totally keep speaking the things you know we need to to keep the memories alive. So the more, like, we circulate them between ourselves and, like, you know, keep them going, the better. All the memories they got from Draquius, R.I.P., that help them remember. And, like, some of the feral serpents, apparently, have started returning to themselves after ingesting uh, some of the memories. Malkin cautions them not to trust the memories entirely, though, because nothing is quite right. I mean, for example, the Arch of Rithos, which they remember as a perch for dragons, is clearly, like, now broken and scattered in the sea. Like, what the fuck is up with that? So, you know, they've all been struggling to remember a world that isn't quite aligned with the memories. That's part of why it's been so hard. It's like they've been walking through that, what's the Wheel of Time, Teleronriad dream world, where Mm -hmm. it's, like, always just a little bit askew from reality, like, I don't know, Serpent Inception or some shit. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Spin the top. Malkin has finally uh, put together the sad tale of a species verging on extinction. The memories tell us that we should look for serpents who remember, but also guides. Where are the grown dragons? Why have we seen nothing of the generation that went before us? Some of them perished in the rain of smoke and ash. Those few who had a chance at survival were slain and their memories stolen. They are the silver ones we have encountered from time to time. They smell to us like ones who remember because at one time they were. So this prompts a debate amongst the serpents about whether they should track down and nom all the other silver ones. 
And Malkin's <laughs> like, uh, time limits, travel logistics, you know, uh, deadline? No. But he concedes that they can eat any they find on the way. Um, Shriver, meanwhile, can't even because she is comprehending the existential despair of being one of the last of her species. And this little tangle of theirs is all that's left. And she's kind of looking around and being like, oh, my God, if we even make it to dragons, um, is there seriously anybody I want to mate with here? And like, girl, I feel you so hard right now. Um, Then we jump over to our new serpent friend, She Who Remembers. We learn that she is a she is crippled from her imprisonment and oh my god it was like so sad like hearing about her like kind of trying to hump her way along like the sea floor and like she can't swim right and like she's you know kind of fat and bloated and not like not muscular and sleek like she should be and it's like oh i mean maybe maybe you're just out of shape maybe maybe you're permanently crippled but maybe you're just out of shape but she's free and she took glorious, glorious glee in having slain the abominations who had imprisoned her so that they could never do it to another baby serpent wriggling down the hatch- hatching beach. And then she's like recognizing that her desire to kill them over and over and over again is, quote, yet another of the deformities they had inflicted on her. And she tried to cast it out of herself. And like, y'all... She who remembers is a boss bitch. She is not going to let herself be defined by her trauma, and she is not going to allow herself to be tainted by the conditioning that was imposed on her. (laughs) Boss bitch. Love that serpent. She knows her role in the serpent life cycle, and she is determined to seek out the others and share the memories they need, even when she's like, I don't think I'm making it up that river, but like, I'm going to get them what they need. And um, she's... She makes a, we get a little bit of her perspective on the humans. Like she was kind of curious about the silver vessel that the quote two leg, two legs were taken up onto. And she's wonders if it's worth trying to follow them to uh, get more of the boys memories. Um, Because like, why does it smell so familiar? I don't know. There's something weird there. And the one time she lets the people on the ship see her, they all get scared and cry. So she dives like real deep back (laughs) down and pretends like, oh no, I'm, I'm not following you. And then like sneaks up like right in their wake where she's like, okay. Whew, I can swim here. Y'all can do the work for me, the heavy heavy lifting, and I'll just, like, drift along and get pulled by this tide. And, like, hey, as long as you're way, going my way and I'm going your way, we'll ride together, right? Peace. Oh, serpent. She's ghost riding the whimper <laughs> way through the ocean. That's pretty impressive. Oh, to be a serpent making men cry. <laughs> <laughs> and only swimming left. <laughs> it's the perfect life. <laughs> I, um, as I mentioned in, I think, our last episode, I became a serpent sympathizer. Yes. And I still hold Traitor. on to that, but when you kind of, like, take a step back or, like, fly high in the sky and look down on the serpents, the fact that they're just, like squidgy little like worms like tadpole level like trying to make it upstream to do their egg thing it definitely makes them grosser to me but i still <laughs> i'm i'm still totally rooting for them for sure unlike some bitches we know so <laughs> it's okay rachel i'm here for you <laughs> thank you <laughs> i think the boats are cooler than the dragons i agree <laughs> That's the form I like them best. Boats shouldn't even exist. Like, yeah, they're cooler, but like, they they came from evil, essentially. Like, they you know why we like them because they're dead 
and then so did people. <laughs> but the two legs stole babies, murdered them, and then made something for their own economical gain. Yep. Like, that's fucking Good wrong. For them. <laughs> Enterprising. It's wrong and cool at the same time. <laughs> it's 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 the dark side. It's great. It is the dark <laughs> side, of course. You can have they got the red lightsabers. You've got to find the so Sith in anything. Um Yeah. That's not that's not cool. Yeah. So the dragons don't give a shit about anything. The boats are cars you made out of murdered babies. And then the serpents have just, like, old people with dementia that are swimming around looking to make babies. <laughs> so which do you like better? The cars. Cars. <laughs> the mud. The, the muck. The toxins. Yeah. I like the walls. The have we... Up. They haven't talked about what caused the the... Ash the doom of Valyria. storm, like the, the calamity, yeah, the fall of Numenor. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't yeah. learned anything about that yet, right? Just that it happened. No, no. Really. I mean, from from the level of seismic activity in that area, I would posit, you know, um, a volcanic eruption. But yeah, that's not that's just. But also, said. Yeah. Elena doesn't know this, but remember from the original trilogy when Fitz got to the city in the mountains, there was like part of it that had been like vaporized right there's a big giant crater well we had a, we yeah. had a description before that made it sound like it was pompeii right yeah, yeah for yeah. sure well, by the way one of the side effects of um asteroid hits is increased seismic activity so it could have like indirectly been the the you know asteroid indirectly been a volcano and i'm still like technically right I mean, like, second, <laughs> just secondary to that, I really like the idea of, like, an asteroid hit, only because when everyone was, like, all up in arms about, like, the Game of Thrones seasons and stuff, and then somebody was like, oh, well, if the solar system of Game of Thrones looked like this, the, the you know, the seasons would act like this. Mm. I like the idea that it's not just a fantasy map. It's a fantasy world. It's a fantasy solar system with huh. asteroids. Mm. So that's that's cool that is that is very cool actually yeah i support you hmm Mm. i like that (laughs) maybe it was made of silver no (laughs) (laughs) it's venom (laughs) ring a bell uh what else can i move on yes (laughs) Give okay. me some of those toxins that you breathe in. This be my crew character introductions and exits. <laughs> We've got the introduction of Tintaglia. Joy. Flying around doing her thing. Not caring about anyone. Now we have dragony things on every in every medium. They're in the water. They're in the air. They're, in the mud. They're everywhere. <laughs> they're in an egg they're, in an egg. <laughs> they're out of the egg they're in a rock, they're in a rock. <laughs> they their, so they so an adult dragon lays a shitty egg on this shitty beach abandons it then the eggs hatch and they get into the water like little turtles 
Wait, your David, David Attenborough voice, please. <laughs> and here we see the baby dragons struggling to make their way across the sand. They wriggle. Only approximately 30% of them will not be taken by the abominations before they make it to the sea. <laughs> One of these special hatchlings will remember things the others don't. My thing is, like, how, what are the odds, how did the abominations know? So it's like the dragons go, they mate, they do their thing, then the serpents are born. How did the abominations know which one was the best one to keep? I wonder if she looked different. Or like they got her eyeballs on their different. skin. <laughs> yeah, true. but so but Malkin did too, but he's not like the one who remembers. He was, like he was the faster she... one that remembered. I mean, it is, it is like a... A, a primary curiosity who the fuck were the others and the abominations and what were they up to and was it sheer like dumb luck that they happened to catch one of the special ones uh, i mean like literally they saved the entire species because all the others who remembered went up and like gotten their fucking chrysalises and then ended up you know buried for millennia um in the dead city um and like it's sheer dumb fucking luck that like this one who remembers is still around it's fine, they ate a boat, and now they remember too. See, now the boats are coming in handy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if they had been all up in that rooster chamber, then they'd be doing nothing. Yeah. They'd be useless. They'd be useless, and they'd be doomed. True. I mean, you could put a positive spin on lots of bad stuff. <laughs> But I mean, without human intervention, I mean, obviously, like, yes, the humans, you know, killed a bunch of them to make the live ships. But at the same time, without human intervention, Tintagli would have just been buried a second time. But and then that would have also, just been nature, though. Would not like, that would well, just these fuckers be are like nature. pandas, okay? They would have died without human intervention. Right. It's, the live but ships are nice, I mean, tasty memory snacks. Yeah. <laughs> I like that so they have a weakness, need though. Us. It would, they need the humans to it survive. It would be terrible yeah. if they could just breed all the time and they grew up in, like, a year and they were just terrifying monsters immediately. Like, they've got to have a downside. And the downside is they can barely reproduce, monsters. and it's terrible. Like, they've got to spend a <laughs> yeah. billion years trying to become dragons. Well, I don't think they're supposed to spend But it's kind of like sea turtles. Like, they live for a crazy long time, so it's like they don't need as many to survive. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, X marks the spot. Where the heck are we? This is important since we're ending the book. Where are our people right now? We've got Malta in a boat in a river. Going towards Treehog. Yep, outside of Treehog. Uh... Rain and Selden are still in the chamber. TBD. Uh, TBD. Uh, Tintaglia is in the sky. Vivacious in the ocean. Vivacious in the ocean. Win- uh, yeah, Wintro. I almost called him Winthrop. <laughs> Wintro <laughs> is presumably still very puffy and disgusting. Kyle's in yes, the we have not seen him on since, the brink of who knows. Needs Benadryl. Stat. Ronica. <laughs> Who knows where that bitch is? MIA. <laughs> Kyle's in a basement. Um, yeah. Kefria's about to get shipped out for her, her mission as a maybe. spy. Greg, no, she's still going. Because that's where he always is. And <laughs> it's become Paragon. First mate on the country. Paragon is on the, in the sea also. Right side up. Right side, right side up. up. Currently. 
Okay. Uh, what a tangle. What are the serpents doing? We've discussed. We discussed. Yes. The ships talk. What did we learn about live ships in this section? Well, we know that there's... There's tasty snacks. Two of him. <laughs> there's two paragons. There's two whatever of that him. Means. Yeah, whatever that means. Um, <laughs> That you can shave their chest scars away. <laughs> and it tickles. Maybe feels kind of good. We don't know. Never had those feelings before. You know what, I don't Amber, know what they mean. Amber, <laughs> what are you doing? <sighs> Is this the patriarchy? Misogyny, capitalism, slavery, and fashions from Jamalia. Well, we've got a useless lump of a man in a boat refusing to help. So that feels right. Yeah. <laughs> I want him to meet the queen bee. Can't wait. <laughs> Queen T. Queen T. And she'll say, my name's better than yours. And they're like, it's better than yours. <laughs> my thing is, are the people in the Rainwilds, when they see this dragon now flying above, are they going to be terrified? Are they going to be excited? Like, what's the, what's the, what, how are they going to be feeling about this? Are they going to well, be like, oh no, we've drowned in memories, all of us. Well, no, I think, I, I mean, the Coopers are the only ones that know the secret of Yeah, I the, think only Johnny and yeah, Bendir will probably chamber. have any idea what's going on. Yeah, and they're going to be like, God damn it. <laughs> that was going to be a really <laughs> nice boat. Fucking log. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else will freak out. A nice yeah. bite-sized snack. But seconds. certainly, I mean, well, I guess not. I don't know. Go on. Just thinking of myself. Still waiting for buttons. <sighs> gonna have to wait i know so long what kind of pants i've been i've been really paying attention to anyone's pants and i just haven't seen them yet i know um do we have anything else that we want to say about the end of mad ship before we end um reminder our next reading section will be ship of destiny the prologue through chapter four so that'll be five sections because i can count now uh, I do have a I do have a content warning for chapter two. Uh, there's kind of an extended, uh, long contemplation of the horrors of war slash murder slash extended violence. There's some dead bodies, so I thought that warranted uh, content. It's so bad warning. that I've read this and I don't even remember what you're talking. <laughs> you're just dead inside, Jenny. It's okay. <laughs> we are Buckheap Radio. We will be back next week with Ship of Destiny. We're going to start posting on Mondays, though, because I just need the extra time for editing because my work schedule is just life. Life. <laughs> um, yeah, life. And uh, you can email us at buckkeepradio at gmail.com. You can DM us on Instagram or Twitter. And I'm Rachel. You can find me at Darth Rachel on Twitter and Darth underscore Rachel on Instagram. I'm Alyssa. You can find me at alyssamaynard.com. I'm Jenny. You can find me at Faces Free on Instagram. I'm Eli, and you can find me at Chewy Bread Cosplay on Instagram. I'm Elena. You can find me at Moth Elena. And I'm Ashley, and I'm on Instagram at Ladybird Parker. Okay, next up is spoiler section. I have to talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to be a fly on the wall. All right, good night, my darling.
an elderly. At this point, I feel like she's deliberately just not bringing it up. You're throwing, you know, sometimes the listeners aren't wrong. You're throwing a feast down in front of them. And they're just looking at it like my cat does and like sniffing it and walking in the opposite direction. Well, no, I, I think, I, I mean, I, I didn't call it, but I felt like going in that it's a little bit of a distraction to have the, the elderling thing because you're like, you're focused on that. You're like, oh, Amber's an elderling. She's, she's only golden right now because of the stage that yeah yeah no but like in. it's not has nothing to do with the fact that like mm-hmm. it's it was yeah. it's a distraction and then you're not paying attention to other things well like it also like i guess are the elderlings gold because the uh, the, the the dragons liked gold at that moment yeah, right. in history because like all the elderlings <laughs> in the future books are blue do you care about knowing all oh geez don't spoil I, I, Okay. Oh, oh, wait. Oh, yeah. yeah. I I want to know, so you tell uh, me later. I... <laughs> um, but like, uh, it's like the same kind of like she's just really good at at writing like these distractions like this. Like it's the same thing with Paragon. Like he's two people. Could it be he's a dragon? His like dragon self and his boat self, or is it you know the the that chapter also is like. Like I told you guys before we did this recording, yeah, I pulled those captions, but also that's literally everything in that chapter. Like, it's not like I pulled stuff from left field and put it in the summary. Mm-hmm. Like, that that chapter is literally two scenes, Brash, like, Brashen in his office and Amber talking to Paragon. So, I don't... No, I mean, you're fine to pull those quotes. <laughs> yeah. And clearly, it did not matter. <laughs> This is the best part. I'm just, I, I mean, mean Amber literally says, I've been a call, called a fool before we, and I will be again. I have a friend. I used to have a friend. We've talked about this before, but like the fool matures very quickly and his personality, it changes quite a bit or even in that first trilogy. Slowly. And... Uh, I th- I feel like Amber is much closer to the the white prophet in the mountains fool than the one that you sharply remember, which is the sharp witted tumbler fool. And so I th- I think yes. that it's it's easy to not see it because Amber is pretty different from what you have stuck in your head. I also think it's kind of really. It, it would be, it's not at all unusual, I think, for anyone to have read the first trilogy and come out of that and th- just thinking they're friends and not, and not thinking that the fool has any other feelings. Right. Because I mean, Amber refers to, you know, the friend as, as something more than what you might consider Fitz was. Right. Yeah. Like some sort fool. of like other half, you know, like. Which, point. I mean, the fool does refer to Fitz in that way in terms of, like, the prophet and the catalyst. Mm-hmm. And the so, like, catalyst, that but that's functional. There, it's not yes. emotional. Yeah. that's um, Well, that's because the fool is protecting themselves. Yeah. But, like, in then you bring, you, you brought up, like, the kiss at the end of the book. 
and like yeah. everybody's like yeah so what <laughs> <laughs> just friends it's it's <laughs> subtle like the, everything's subtle if you haven't read all just, of it it's pretty hard to pals being it's hard pals. to pick up on but is it subtle because it was designed to be subtle is it subtle because hob found this point of view later on for the third trilogy second you know the tawny man trilogy or is it subtle because it was the 90s and it couldn't be explicit because that would put the books on a different shelf it's impossible to know i i know like you know i like reading from our you know our 2020 hindsight point of view i mean there's some serious flirtation going on pretty early back like even with like the fool's jealousy over molly early on yeah no i think that it was always planned i but i don't i don't know if I was trying to like pull one over on the publisher or if it was just like i can't make it more explicit than this because they won't publish it I'm very, always very, I really would like to hear her talk more about it because I just, I can't decide if it's just, I mean, it's not just something that we see. I mean, it is there, but like what her intentions were. Like it's the ending. Like you can't read the ending of this whole saga and not be like, like, yes, they do end up together, you know, inside a dragon wolf and you know, that's who they spend, you know, all eternity with. And you know, Molly is not important to that (laughs) equation in any way at all, other than being a womb. But you know, like it's still like she, she does keep putting Molly in there and fits never really is reciprocating any kind of romantic feelings so it's hard to say like what her true intentions were yeah i mean to be molly's important we should acknowledge that molly's really important to be (laughs) not just for her candles yeah (laughs) that's big of you rachel (laughs) (laughs) i'm thinking that like in my def- I just want to I feel like I'm going to get a lot of hate for the dragon hate and for the comments that I made but uh, I have never one, known you I to wouldn't... care about that <laughs> I just I don't want people to think that I am a flippant fan or that I'm doing this just because or that I don't like the books for all the, that I don't accept the books for what they are. Like I like the, I, you know, I love the books. I wouldn't be doing a podcast about them and I wouldn't be trying to force everyone I know to read them if I didn't love them. <laughs> you don't and, have to like every aspect of the books for them to be your favorite books. Though. Right. And also I am, I, I am perfectly capable of making fun of things that I yes. love. It's part yeah. of what I do, but I think that I should give Hob credit for making me feel such feelings, even if they're not positive feelings about dragons in particular. Like that's that's on her. That's her skill. She's made something I hate viscerally. <laughs> no, that <laughs> and... is true. I mean, because if you were indifferent towards it, and I've been indifferent towards things in books before, like you just wouldn't care. Like I, right? I agree. Like I hate the dragons in a lot of ways because they are you know, they are so well developed in this terrible manner that I hate. Right. And, and they stress out all my favorite characters and they are, you know, they can't be controlled and they are a threat to the, to these characters that I love. So 
that is why I don't like them. So. I just, I don't, I, I don't know if other people get like, you know, warm feelings when the dragons show up and I'm just like, uh, no, not now. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> stop ruining everything for everybody. <laughs> yeah. It's like, stop, stop it. Everything, everything's about to coalesce and you've just come in here with your great leathery wings and fucked it up. I like them because they're wild cards. Just do their own thing. Mm. I mean, I think the fact that there's something that can invoke different feelings in different people means that they're, you know, well-crafted, you know, aspects of the book, so. Yeah, I think there's certainly, like, I've never read a book where, like, the entire life cycle of the dragon was so well thought out. And yeah, I mean, the world building is great. Yeah. It's disgusting descriptions, but, you know, it's <laughs> I think that's 50% why I hate them is just I don't like reading about them. It's like, you know, I don't like always like reading about, you know, the aging process or how much people are in pain in various ways. Yes, the endless written. chapters about arthritis and... <laughs> Or Molly's pregnancy and Molly's birth, which is horrible horrific. pregnancy. Nope, her horror pregnancy. It's like the. It's like is the, is who? What's worse, the pregnancy in these books or Twilight? Everything, all pregnancy bad. <laughs> uh, okay, that was. Uh, I, I did. I did try. I did try, dear listeners. At this point, I don't know if they know, and they're just mocking us i don't think that they know but i mean it's you know like we read this stuff and we know and so we see the hints very very clearly and every time you know the word fool is on the page i'm like look look there it is the word fool (laughs) it's not just an (laughs) or you know i mean like they've blatantly said that paragon is made of mixed wood and you've pointed that out and like still that's not understood you know like it's there (laughs) it's just that like if you're not even even reading as we are, you know, and we're reading very closely and we're discussing it every week, you know. I mean, it's, yeah. It's, it is easy to miss. I don't know that I would pick any of this stuff up. You'd probably be laughing hysterically at me. And I'm sure, you know, <laughs> Alyssa is laughing hysterically at us about, you know, very yeah. wild things. And it's just, Yes, don't... by myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but like, You're not wrong. Uh, Ashley and Elena specifically pointed out the mixed wood, but... But they they actually took it as there being bad wood in there. Like, you know, it's like not enough wizard wood or something. Right, yeah. Now that there were two different wizard wood logs mixed. Yes. Which I think, if she understood that, I think maybe they would understand more what that means. I mean, it will will look. At this point, they're either going to figure it out when Paragon gets Fitz's face... (laughs) Or they won't figure it out at all, and we'll have to wait until the fool rides up on the horse named Malta. And that's just life. Or maybe they won't figure yes, it out but... that either. But maybe I'll just keep going. She's not reading those books. No, sure, surely, surely Lord Golden will be enough, right? Well, Is Lord Golden have... an elderling? Like, yes. You also have Lord Golden who, like, knows Jack. You know, or like mm. the you know, you get to like the last. I mean, obviously, when you get to the last trilogy, it's very obvious. Um, and you, you know, 
Especially, you know, when you have Fitz cycling through if all of the we have to get to the last that... trilogy before they figure it out, it's just, like, it, my audio will just be me running a knife across my own wrist. <laughs> I'm kind of glad because it took me so long, and if they figure it out before me, I'm gonna be like, oh, I'm dumb. <laughs> I mean, we shouldn't have to wait till the last trilogy when Fitz is running through all of the people that the fool could possibly have a son with, but, you know. I mean, this is, like, assisted reading, though, because they're getting, like, your veiled hints, and they're also, we're, like, contemplating everything twice over. But they're still not getting it, so they know that should make up. They just don't want to rise to the better. bait when they, because we go silent or we laugh at them, and they're like, no, I refuse to take this bait. Fuck right off. And I, I get that. That's our own fault. We're not being subtle. But I can't be subtle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know God. You took this chapter. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, if I had taken that chapter, it wouldn't have even been mentioned. Really? What would you have said? I would have glossed over it and hoped Amber that left? they mentioned it. Yeah. I mean, I would have wanted to write it down. Believe me, I would have. I just would have been like, how do I do this without actually writing the quotes? But I'm going to write the quotes because I don't know what else I to do. Wrote them. I wrote them first. I wrote the quotes first and then wrote everything around them. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing they weren't watching you write it. They probably were. <laughs> or when I searched oh. for the fool so that I could see where you put them. <laughs> Did you... We all put our cursors on the fool every <laughs> time it hell. pops up. We're all in hell. Okay, I want to hear. I want to hear this rain while. All right, all right, I'll so. get off. <laughs> Farewell. See, see you in the ship of destiny. Yes, Bye. where we'll get to that stuff that I was talking about without actually talking. Talk about destiny about it. of yeah. madness. <laughs> <laughs> Magical destiny of madness. Egg Bye. Destiny. Bye. 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 All right, what do you, what, tell me. Elderlings are all different colors because they take on the qualities of the dragon that they serve. Right. So if you've got, like, the golden people and the blue people. But why were they all the golden people in, in like, all the records that they have in the six duchies? Like, in the tapestries and in, like, the, the couple illustrated manuscripts that they have. Maybe they're all just default sparkly, and then the scales are like the colors of the dragons. I don't know. Okay. If, yeah, well, I'm just talking about like maybe... skin tone. Well, yeah, because they 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 are repeatedly described as like tall, elongated, like weirdos, and they're all like golden. And I'm wondering if like oh, was just like that? Were all of the were all like was that the popular color for like that like, <laughs> 200 year period where everyone was like all the dragons in power were the gold dragons and all the red dragons and blue dragons were like secondary dragons who didn't have human slaves slash devotees or whatever you want to call them i mean that's possible because the dragons do try to keep up with the jones each other Right, and then they forget about them, and then they grow, like, crooked legs and crooked wings, and then Fitz almost dies trying to fix half the people, and I'm telling you, dragons are a problem. <laughs> they don't take responsibility. <laughs> oh, when you said, this is random, when you said leathery wings, it reminded of, me of Jenny describing Tentaglia bursting out of her cocoon and it describes her wings as wet canvas, which is a cool mirror to the live ships. Yeah. 
Yeah. I liked that. Yeah, that's really nice. It's neat. I mean, I guess... No, that's not really foreshadowing that the ships can somehow turn into dragons. Which they should not be able to do. (laughs) (laughs) If they get enough blood... Oh. I just... It's all the... It's the same thing as the stone dragons. It's just a different... Well, no, because it's the silver, right? So the silver's either in the rock or it's in the, the wizard wood, right? So that's what's mm-hmm. doing the transformation. I don't... But they're not real dragons. They should be secondary dragons like the stone dragons. They should be wizard wood dragons. Right. I don't get it. I don't get it either. We should have spoke up at the panel. Who knows when we'll get that chance again. (laughs) I raise my hand slowly in the back of the panel. I have a question about Wizardwood Dragons and then security (laughs) just comes, just swoops. (laughs) No, we're not talking about that right now, Rachel. Okay, so we will move on till Ship of Destiny. Ashley and Elena will still refuse to acknowledge that Amber (laughs) gives off big fool energy and <laughs> whether will... to frustrate Rachel or otherwise <laughs> and we will uh deal with Althea's arc in as monster mm. way as possible why do you guys hate Kenneth? <laughs> wow Jesus that's why okay <laughs> bye bye <laughs>